What's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly. All right, so welcome Chris Kaneen. Uh Chris has been on the podcast before. He has been in the business for uh, several decades, very successful restaurant owner down in Florida, and uh, man, he and I talked for about an hour. It's it's not not good right there with uh, right now with COVID. Um, you know they're they're really getting hit hard right now. Um, he had to shut down both his restaurants for each for a week uh, very recently. And he has a young man on his team named Derek who is in the hospital right now on a ventilator. And uh, so we just ask that uh, if if you're so inclined to pray to pray for him or to you know send good karma or you know whatever your way of uh, recognizing that may be. Um, this is a really good conversation. We talked about. Um, substance abuse we talked about faith we talked about uh covid and quite a few things so um without further ado chris canine welcome and uh y'all enjoy this episode more coming soon see you like that hat a new one fresh off the press that's right oh is that the all black one i think so it is yeah you're uh you're the first. Oh man! <laughs> Literally, we got a limited uh, run of those, and um, I like that. That looks good. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love what you guys are doing and uh, helping us do. Well, uh, okay. Before we catch up, man, um, I was actually just going back and looking at these pictures of you catching these ridiculous waves in the Maldives. I got to hear about that. What's well, tell me about it? Uh, well, just whatever your passion is, I was living my best life doing what I love to do and um, on the hobby side, you know, so it was, it's just one of those bucket lists. If it's horses, I know you love horses and stuff. So wherever the dream place is to go ride that the Maldives is a dream place to go ride waves, fish, dive. Oh my gosh. It was just it was epic. It was uh, eight guys on a hundred foot boat with a captain, a surf guide, a chef, and a crew to take care of us. Uh, eight of us, two of us from Florida, four guys from California, and then two other guys that we didn't know that showed up uh, from New York City. Um, two young millennial guys. So it was super fun to have that contrasting personality and on the boat. And we all got along awesome and surfed every day except for one we went diving on one day just most beautiful diverse amount of life i've ever seen and i've dove all around the world it was just so beautiful and amazing and the surf was wasn't as good as we had hoped the weather was a little rough um not rough rough but the winds you know were just kind of trade wind like and it wasn't you know too big um but a Six foot is perfect for me, you know, at my age, I love four to six foot, perfect rights, perfect lefts, barreling waves, just long waves. So wasn't quite as good of surf as the last time I went, but uh, the different things that we did, we explored an island one time, one day, and we dove another day and fished a whole bunch. And um, we, we made up for a little bit of the lack of surf, doing some other fun stuff. Well, okay. Now you say six foot wave, man, this thing looks, 
I was just looking at this. I mean, I'm assuming you're around a six foot dude. These things are yeah. not measured from the back of the way or the front because the front looks yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the sets, there may have been uh, eight, you know, foot, maybe a little <laughs> bit bigger on one, one day, probably that day. But uh, yeah, the last time we went, it was, it was 10, 12, you know, double overhead you know, probably closer to 12 to 15 foot, big, big waves. And um, this time, I think the biggest day may have been like that, but the consistency of them, you know, six foot is just perfect, you know, and it's, yeah. it's not going to hurt you too bad unless you hit the reef, which I did a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, little, little reef cuts on the feet, but nothing terrible. You start to get in those bigger stuff. I'm, I'll leave that for the young chargers. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, more conservative now in my gray days, but still had a blast. I'd like to get a paddleboard out on, on this. I like to surf the paddleboards out there. Um, yeah, I got a new infinity paddleboard uh, for the smaller days here. And people take those to the Maldives too and just rip. I mean, it's just, yeah, I've, I've, you can do whatever you do on a regular board on a paddleboard just about uh, if it's the right size and and weight and shape and style so we love paddleboarding down here too so um well chris man so last time you and i talked i mean you literally the to this day i mean to this day still you're the only person i've spoken to in the entire country that owns restaurants that has uh you know you were overstaffed last time we talked what's going on down there now has thing have anything has anything changed? Yeah, we got hit with COVID hard. This uh, Delta variant, um, uh, it, it came back and reared its ugly head in Florida. I don't, you know, we all can assume why or what happened, but all everybody traveling or you know whatever it was, it it just hit us like a left hit us like a curveball, and uh, we weren't expecting it. You know that left field, like whoa, where did that come from? Um, cause one team member got it and then another team member got it. Then another team member got it. And, in one of our restaurants, you know, younger generation, few relationships and a lot of roommates just spread super fast. Uh, and we had to shut, uh, both restaurants down. Um, matter of fact, we still have one young man, young, I say he's in his forties, early forties on a ventilator. And we're just praying for him every single day. Cause his condition's not getting better as of today, but it really uh, hit us real hard. And uh, not just us, the restaurants all around us. We had a Outback Steakhouse, a Walk-Ons, and a Buffalo Wild Wings all shut down the same weekend we did. Um, it just went through our Brevard County area and our hospitals are full right now again. Um, we're sending pizzas and things over there to them. So from the staffing perspective, uh, we got shut down because we didn't have enough. I mean, we had plenty of people, but we had 22 people test positive out of 150 employees. We weren't going to stay open with that kind of contagious, you know, and, and fear that it just was going through our entire organization and the safety of their families and, you know, our guests. So we shut down for a whole week. Um, at Pizza Gallery and Grill, we shut down for about five days at 28 North, 
shut down all of our catering uh, events. Um, not an easy thing to do. And then coming back, um, it's been tougher. We have teammates that uh, just are scared. <laughs> you know, even though they're vaccinated, they live with either a, a grandmother or a uh, an income provider, a breadwinner that they can't risk them getting it. You know, so there's a lot of fear of coming to work, even the vaccinated people. It's just it's real strange times down here because I thought we were through it. You know, I thought the pandemic as it is, you know, kind of known was behind us and it's not. It, it came back down here really hard and really fast. And today we're, we're, you know, good. We're staffed, we're open, we're operating safely. We've got most of our staff uh, is either vaccinated or has had uh, COVID. Um, just keeping track of them and um, sales came back instantly. I'm, I'm a little bit confused by that. The consumer confidence down here is uh, not really waned on this reality. Yeah. Um, school just started and sales, you know, just bounced back immediately. And I think the one thing for us is we were super transparent and honest um, when it happened. You know, we instantly put it out on our social media uh, pages and on our front doors and said, you know, we, out of concern and caution for our team and their families and the, and the guests, we are shutting down. Uh, we've had a few COVID cases and we care about them and care about their families and you as guests. And we're not going to reopen until we feel like it's safe. Um, so we put that out there and got a huge, overwhelmingly positive response. So that was a bit of a reprieve. And then, uh, the reality is we still have a team member fighting for his life on a ventilator. So that's reality. Um, so we're living in both of those, you know, running the business and as much and high as it was before. And uh, then still concerned about this super contagious, very random, inconsistent virus that is uh, afflicting all of us. And my wife and I got it, you know, we were down for two weeks. So it's a, uh, it's been a rough month. <laughs> it's a long answer, long answer to your staffing question, but that's where we've been last. Oh, that's where I was hoping to learn more about. It's such a it's a, such a uh, fluctuating, evolving situation in uh, different parts of the country based on all kinds of different factors. Uh, so, I mean, it's so hard to put your finger on it, man. Did, did you like when we all closed? When was this that you were closed for a week? You shut down. Um, uh, the seven, we shut down about two weeks, two weeks ago and shut down for a whole week, shut down on a Tuesday. As soon as we got about the fifth person, just these tests just started popping up positives. Somebody else is positive. Somebody else is positive. Then our GM was positive. And then my wife and I were positive and it's like, okay, shut it down, shut it down on a Tuesday. Didn't reopen until the following Wednesday. Um, everyone that tested positive went through their 10 day quarantine brought back negative results. And uh, the thing that I'm learning is it's what I said about the random inconsistencies. It's doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's, it doesn't uh, discriminate against young, old, uh, whatever shape you're in. Uh, we have guests that are 
overweight that have gotten it, you know, and out of shape and have had minimal symptoms and minimal impact. And we have young people who are in shape and take care of themselves who have had really bad symptoms. Um, we've had one roommate get it and the other one not get it. We've had a husband get it and the wife not get it. <laughs> and they, they live together. And, you know, we've had vaccinated people who uh, we've had three vaccinated team members who've gotten it in the last uh, month, um, you know, with all three of the different vaccines that are out there. I'm tracking three team members that got COVID after being vaxxed and two of which had worse symptoms than I did. <laughs> so oh, even though they were now, had you been vaccinated? No, I hadn't. My wife was my wife's so allergic to it. She can't get it. We're both, you know, I'm supporting her and I don't know if that's, you know, wise or not. It's hindsight now, but we both live a very safe and healthy lifestyle. And uh, I think we both may have picked it up on a uh, trip to Monterey, California, when we went out there to honor our chef Kyle with his recognition and award. Um, so we, we got hit with the symptoms hard about four or five days after we got to Monterey and then came back to Florida and tested positive then. So it was uh, definitely a very, uh, just super inconsistent, like I said, and there's, there's no, there's no consistency to it. You know, this young man that's in the hospital right now, healthy 42 year old young man. And it uh, uh, doesn't matter about, you know, how old we are. I mean, I've, I've had the typical fever and chills and headaches and, you know, some coughing, breathing, you know, but nothing terrible. And then younger people have had symptoms worse than me. So it's uh, just really frustrating that, you know, especially if you watch any of the media, because it's just so many different uh, opinions and reports. And yeah, here I am tracking my own data, you know, that we have in our team within a 150 people and I can give you lots of data with no consistency among it. <laughs> right. It's really, well, I'm glad you're okay. What's the young man's name that's in the hospital? Eric. His name Eric? is Derek Wiedekind and uh, okay. pizza prep cook, just a phenomenal guy, part of our organization for the past six years. And uh, our team is uh, struggling with the fear of, you know, the worst case scenario. Um, literally the hospital has said that he has about 48 hours to improve or they're going to stop trying. And that's, that's just a powerful emotional reality that we're all going through. And, uh, he does not have any family. Uh, we, we are his family. So that's part of this industry, you know, that your, your restaurant family becomes your family. And this is a real case in this situation. And a year ago, we had a uh, older gentleman, a, a French immigrant uh, named Luis that we lost with COVID and uh, at, at, the, at the gastro pub. And that impacted our, that still impacts our organization. He was an amazing guy. Matter of fact, the crew nominated him, uh, Sherpa, we call our team members Sherpas over there. And uh, he was team member of the year. And six months later, he was gone. So from COVID and that impact is, uh, is really real. And I think everybody in this nation has, has or knows somebody that's been impacted by this virus and um, in some worst case scenarios. 
Um, well, I asked his name because I want to pray for him. And those of you that are listening or watching or if you're of, of that uh, mind, please do. Uh, so a, co- a couple of days. Hopefully it'll it'll turn. Uh, yes, thank you, Will, for your prayers. And yes, there's still hope. And I'm cheerleading that hope within our organization. And, um, you know, we're, I know we uh, intended to talk a little bit about the, the faith in our marketplace kind of you know, uh, reality. And, um, a lot of the team members are coming to me, just, just burdened and crying and sad. And I'm like, listen, he's with us still. There's hope still, whatever, you know, thought meditative state you can put yourself into and prayer and every bit of that, whatever you believe in, just believe that he's going to be all right and lift him up. And, um, you know, the doctors are going to fight for him. Unfortunately, we can't get much information because, again, he doesn't have any family. One of our team members is his emergency contact. But believe in the best, you know, have that hope. And um, for me, that's what I hold on to. I I don't go down that negative road. I hold on to that hope. And I I, I model that. I I cheerlead that. I I do my best to uh, influence all of our team members with that. And I think that's a huge part of our cultural kind of success and even our, you know, uh, 32 year success. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, we have hope, even though those doctors, uh, uh, statements were pretty, you know, dark and gloomy. I, I still have hope, you know, we're all praying for him. Thousands of people down here are praying for Derek, we to kind and, and more, cause there's a bunch more people we know on ventilators and struggling and, you know, whether they're, they're, I know dads, we just lost our high school football coach, um, you know, uh, Brian Spencer, a dad and a high school football coach here at Vier High School uh, to COVID. So it is not discriminating against any one demographic of any people. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's picking and choosing and the one thing I can say that I'm aware of, and yeah, this is my opinion about all of the study that I've done and, and research and listening, and <clears throat> um, especially after I got it, just dug in even more how to get through it and get healthy and survive it, is the sooner you get help, the better. And I think that's pretty common sense with anything. Um, and Derek waited oh, too long. You know, he was already couldn't breathe. And then he had somebody take him to the hospital. So, you know, the, the, if you go to the urgent care today and get tested and they test positive, they pretty much tell you to go home and quarantine, drink lots of fluids, you know, and, and rest or, you know, just, just rest for 10 days. If you get symptoms that you can't deal with any longer, then go to the hospital. I think it's too late at that point. So, um, there are a lot of proactive theories out there, you know, that, you know, whatever the zinc and the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine and the, all these things that are out there, I'm no doctor and I'm not promoting any or all of that. Yeah. I just know the sooner you do something, the better. Uh, don't wait for the symptoms to get that bad because that seems to be the position that the hospitals are receiving people. And it's really that virus has just mutated into something really ugly inside our bodies at that point. 
and that may be too late, but I know several people who have been on a ventilator and have come off and are healthy and are back to life now too. So it's not like a, a kiss of death either. There's, there's a lot of hope and the progress that I think the doctors and medicine is improving on. Yeah. Get, be proactive. Don't just go home and sit there and watch Netflix and drink lots of fluid. Um, my wife and I were just completely engulfed in, you know, the, the vitamins and vitamin C's and zincs and, uh, every one of them, vitamin D and all of that. <clears throat> so it, it went through us in about two weeks, had about another week of just transitioning back. And I think I'm about 95% back and I tested negative two weeks ago tomorrow. So when just, you, um, you, you mentioned the folks that have been like in your restaurant and, um, folks testing positive. Have you seen any variance between like the rapid test and the PCR test results? And I ask that question because I've heard that sometimes the rapid test can give a, um, false negative or false positive, um, negative. No, I mean, again, that's just so inconsistent. When I took my trip recently to the Maldives, we had to get the PCR test just as more of a proven, uh, secure, uh, you know, uh, travel, uh, criteria. So they made us do that PCR test, um, both on the way there and on the way back before we came back to, um, to the States, the rapid test. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think they're just a little inconsistent and, uh, I really don't have enough, uh, information to give my opinion. I, I know that the urgent cares down here are overwhelmed. There's a line around the door. It, it looks like, you know, it, it, it looks like a black Friday line around something or a, or a, a Chick-fil-A on grand opening day with a line around it, man. It looks, it looks horrible They're When they're open at 8am, there's a hundred people waiting to get tested. Now they're saying they're not testing people unless you have symptoms. They're not going to test you to get a work release to go back to work. It's, you know, if you've got symptoms, go get tested. If you're positive, then it's 10 days after that, that you can go back to work. You don't need to come back to get a negative test. Um, so I, I don't know. In the six different times I've gotten tested in the last year and a half, you know, the the method of their testing swabbing your nose has been very different. <laughs> and the time that I tested positive, they didn't even put the swab really up into the cavity. The lady just kind of swabbed my nose. And I was like, wow, you didn't even go into the cavity. She says, it's not necessary. You know, the, the virus is in your nose and we can tell we don't have to go all the way up into tickling your brain. Like they say they did, but, in prior times, that's what they did. They literally shoved that thing way up there till you cried instantly and very yeah. uncomfortable. But when I tested positive, she just swabbed my nostril, barely touching any kind of whatever cavity. And it tested positive almost instantly, <laughs> literally within five minutes. It was the doc came back and said to my wife and I, you're both positive. So I don't know about rapid PCRs and all that. All I do know is it takes longer for, you know, the PCRs. And now they got these home tests that a lot of our people are doing. And, uh, my, my, uh, workout buddy just tested positive Thursday. And that's what he did as a home test. I'm like, I just, it's so inconsistent. And 
I think it's just, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. You know? And we're all, I'm frustrated with that and uh, with the inconsistent information and all the divisive uh, subjects that people get onto a soapbox with, you know, whether it's mask wearing or vaccinations or, you know, testing, or it's just, it's so many things that are divisive to our nation, (laughs) to our companies, to our relationships. And uh, that is the, I think, worst part about this whole thing is that people choose not to just be open-minded to others' opinions. And whether you agree or disagree, you can always agree to disagree. (laughs) Yeah. But the judgment that comes with it and the division is sad and uh, not good for any one of our relationships or our companies or or nation by far. Yeah, we're tearing each other, tearing ourselves apart over, over something that it, 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 it's unfortunate. It would be better to pull together. Um, well, I, man, I didn't. So that's quite a turn since you know you and I last tried to do this, and and uh, we had you know it did didn't didn't work. So what a different story now. Um, that was what two months ago, a month and a half ago. Um, I, by the way, we have, it's interesting because y'all are doing that. We, I'm in North Carolina here. We, or at least where I am in North Carolina, we, we do it like a, it's not an at-home test, but when you go to the pharmacy, like I went to CVS, it's a drive-through. You stick that thing up there yourself. And I wish I had known I didn't have to stick it up there so far. I made myself cry. Yes. <laughs> that thing up there, I thought, well, I better get it good. And, you know, but I was with um, a buddy who, uh, um, right before that RV trip that we took, he, he, we were wakeboarding all day and he called me a couple of days later. He's like, man, I got COVID. And, uh, and so we, you know, delayed the trip because we did, I did the PCR and waited two days for that or whatever. Um, fortunately it was negative. Um, which was an, I mean, you know, we were an entire day, but we were also, um, outside, yeah. 90 degrees on a boat, not really, you know, I mean, we were on the same boat, but you're outside on a boat with plenty of sun and wind and water and whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's mind boggling. Um, you know, we, we try, we just got, I bet it, this stuff's going to change quickly just as it did when this first, you know, hit us March of 20, but we took that RV trip out to Colorado. We went out there to um, remember Dave Query. Yes. You guys connected or, whatever um we stayed well we stayed at his house he and dana were out of town and they had offered us the house and our cousin eddie did and took a 31 foot rv and rolled up on the set of his nice boulder home and hung out with my you know my whole family was out there they were um it's weird because they like their their cases were i mean there was like almost no masks and you know, the cases were super low and, um, every, I, so, but I'm, I'm curious, this, this stuff seems to like happen quickly when it happens, this Delta thing. So, um, I wonder what will happen here the next few weeks out there. I certainly hope for the best, but it, it was very, we were surprised just the different places we went. Um, there were a couple places like Santa Fe, there were a lot of people masked up there. Um, 
but no requirements or nothing like that. It was just more like, you know, we request and I think people were just, you know, being proactive or whatever. Um, didn't see barely any mask out there in Boulder. Um, hope it stays like that. Hope, I, I, God, I have to tell you, man, I was a little surprised to hear you tell me this, man. I hate to hear that. I, I, and I keep, I keep looking at my notebooks. I wrote Derek's name down there and just, that's a, I know that's, that's gotta be weighing on you hard. That's tough when you know somebody that you care about that's doing that now. Um, but, but like you, you know, we'll stay hopeful when I do have a friend here in town, the end of the school year, you know, I mean, mid forties guy, healthy dude, um, wound up in the hospital guy was there for, Ooh, I think he was in the hospital total for six weeks. They had to put him on a, uh, they had to induce a coma. Um, but he told me, I, I talked to him just, you know, he, he got out and we talked just a few weeks ago and he said, man, there were like two days where, you know, I was kind of ready to tell the family like, you know, y'all, this is, this is, it, this is it for me. Um, so it got really hairy, really, really, I mean, he was, and then he made it through. He's, you know, back, he was lifts weights a lot, big kind of guys lifting weights every day now and back, you know, kind of back at it. But um, yeah, it is weird. Cause everybody was like, Ernie is in the hospital. Like of all people, you wouldn't think he'd be in there. But, yeah. You know, um, well, we you know, those miracles and hopeful that there's going to be a bunch more testimonies to tell. And Derek's one of them. And I hope so, man. I'll keep you posted on his, uh, recovery i hope over the next couple days and weeks and uh, we're all super hopeful um we spoke two months ago life was grand florida was just kicking in you know we were crushing it uh breaking records 30 year old record sales we were staffed um you know life was life was really we, we were doing our best to keep up with record pace at all of our restaurants and um, you know, Florida was an attraction. You know, people had some extra disposable income, they're traveling, they're, you know, where do we go? We can't go international, it's too risky going international, it's too inconvenient with all these testing and things. So let's just fly or drive to Florida. Uh, you know, we're a tourist destination. I mean, the, the mask situation was pretty non-existent. You know, we were comfortable. It's the middle of the summer. It's hot. Like you said, we're outdoors 90% of the time, outdoor seating. Um, so it was just, I don't know if it's letting our guard down or if it's the science behind this, you know, uh, variant, this mutated version of this COVID that is just more contagious and different. And the scientists are trying to wrap their arms around, you know, how this thing does grow. Uh, and mutate into something else that we are still chasing. So uh, it's unfortunate, you know, and it's it's just living in today. We're not not worried about the past or worried about the future. We're just living in today, doing the best we can to uh, operate safely and care for those that are are hurting or going through hardships and uh, promote to those who are you know doing well to keep doing it. Don't let your guard down because I think Florida may have let their guard down, you know, with the governor and his position and I, I love him, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm behind him to, uh, you know, 
stay strong and do the right thing. Um, but it, you know, I, I don't watch the news because of all of its, um, because of my jaded, I guess, perception. But I think Florida is probably the, the hot spot now where New York City was a year and a half ago. Yeah. And hopefully, like you said, it doesn't uh, keep going through the other states, you know, uh, this this variant. And uh, just hoping to get on the other side of it sooner than later. But the reality down here right now is the hospitals are full, it's seriously full. And uh, I'm in a couple of small groups with men that are lifting up people every day, you know, to pray for their healing or for their families that lost somebody. And it's, it's an everyday thing now that we're literally losing people we know. So don't uh, like where we're at today. Um, and in our restaurant business, it's super, uh, from, a, from a leadership place at a 30,000 foot place, we're trying to make decisions to be safe. And uh, with all of that confusing information that's coming in, um, it's, it's super difficult. So a lot of, a lot of prayer and discernment and, uh, seeking counsel with, you know, people smarter than I, and, uh, whether they're, you know, medical advisors or, you know, uh, just leaders in our community. Uh, there, there have been a lot of people doing the right thing, shutting down for a little while, um, do what it takes to just get healthier quicker, try and slow this thing down. Do you, um, man, um, well, this, when you talk about, um, you know, you've got staff that, I mean, there's just people that are scared that they're they're They don't know what, how to approach this, what to do. They're worried. Maybe they're young. Maybe they feel healthy. Maybe they're back, but they got a family member. So when you start talking about fear and people being scared and worried and concerned, especially in your industry, I start wondering, well, then, um, you know, does that start, can, can that lead to, you know, the issue that uh, I want to ask you about, which you actually texted me this thing right before we started about Ben's friends, but do you start finding people that are, I mean, that's what happens, right? You get scared, you get worried, you don't know how to deal with the problem. So if you have, you know, access to substances, you may turn to those. Y'all have this Ben's friends meeting every Tuesday. It looks like it, um, pizza gallery. Um, tell me about, uh, just big picture with Ben's friends, how it's been going with that chapter down there. And then it, you know, are those meetings, meetings taking on, uh, even, even more folks these days or how is that going? Cause that's such an important part of, you know, what you are doing and, and what the bigger, you know, world of the Ben's friends group is doing for the industry. I think it's a huge uh, benefit, important thing, important work. Yeah. And, like you said, I think fear, I know for me, a man of faith, fear comes from the enemy. You know, fear yeah. is, you know, God, what I, whom I choose to believe in. Um, we have a God that I believe in that's, that is all about love. not yeah. And uh, faith and love is what I believe. Fear is something that comes from the enemy, worry, doubt, all that stuff, you know, and we've all been in those situations. We're human. So it's, it's not hard to go there, especially when you, I've built a couple of companies and restaurants and uh, nonprofits that are being threatened with 
ending, you know, in a pandemic situation, we were shut down for a month. We had to, we had to let 120 employees go. And what we thought was going to be a week turned into weeks and then months and then a year of limited dining and limited this and limited that and all these restrictions. And just, you talk about the potential for fear. Heck yeah. 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 That doesn't have a, you know, faith that comes from, you know, uh, some foundation and for Christian, for Christians, you know, that, that faith comes from God. And I, uh, I am a firm believer that, uh, I'm not in control of any of this, obviously. Um, but I can do something, you know, in my little bubble down here in Vera, Florida. Uh, so we, myself and another, uh, restaurateur owns several, uh, started an organization called hospitality life. It is an organization that is a, you know, Christian based organization. Uh, you know, that is our moral, ethical, spiritual beliefs. Um, and it's a resource for hospitality industry workers, owners, operators, all of the above, uh, both restaurants, bars, hotels, you name it, anybody in the food and beverage hospitality industry, this website has resources, um, links to physical, relational, dependent, uh, financial help, uh, that our industry people don't know are there, you know, some pro bono, some discounted, some for fee services that can help broken relationships or physical problems, financial problems, drug addictions, all that stuff. There's, there's hundreds of resources here in our community for anyone and our hospitality industry. People tend to just not even know they don't research it that we're all, sometimes they're caught up in this uh, cycle that they're just trying to keep up. And meanwhile, there's a beautiful resource right here that could help them not just get ahead, you know, in a, in a, in a capital way or money way, but, but not struggle as much. So hospitality life was formed about five years ago. It's got an incredible resource, uh, website of resources, uh, gatherings, and even now a, uh, a hardship financial assistance application that people in our industry here in Brevard County can apply for assistance and we'll help them financially. Uh, so uh, we've got a, a good run of uh, contributors and we've raised some capital and uh, there's, there's money in the bank to help people who have been out of work for a couple of weeks with COVID. Um, and the CARES Act is paying for that. They're paying, we pay them and the CARES Act pays us but they've also fallen behind on other things, you know, so fill out an application and get some help with uh, what you need, a, a water bill, a, a car payment, a, a light bill, a rent. And uh, we have those resources there. And What's the website, Chris? Is it? Hospitalitylife.org. .org. Okay. Hospitalitylife.org. So that's for the Brevard County you know, residents and industry workers. And through that, I found out and actually, yeah, through the co-founder of Hospitality Life that he and I, Buzz Underhill, uh, and I founded it. Uh, he gave me a book one day. We were in a beaning and he said, hey, Chris, I was thinking about you with this book. And I told you this story, I think, Will. Yeah. Uh, it's a book called Say Grace. 
uh, How the Restaurant Industry Saved My Life, written by Steve Palmer out of uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, another restaurateur guy. But I read this book and I realized as I was reading it, I was reading a story about my life, literally. And I told you about all the coincidences that were in his life story that happened in my life, just one after another, after another, after another. And I was just like the hair standing up on my back of my neck, kind of like, what? This guy's writing an autobiography. It should be a biography about Chris Kinnean's life. So I get to the end of the book and there's a story about a chef that worked for this uh, guy, Steve Palmer named Ben Murray, and he committed suicide. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he was a vibrant, amazing, talented, incredibly funny and warm and, and just talented guy, just caught in a life of addiction and alcoholism that he must have felt alone. And meanwhile, around him, there were plenty of people that were sober or getting sober that they, he may just not have, I don't know him. I don't know him. So I don't know. And I'm not going to assume his story. He didn't reach out. He didn't get help and he did end up committing suicide. And that, that story in Steve Palmer's life was powerful enough for him to say enough's enough. Uh, they had lost he owned several restaurants in that area and they had lost, I think, three other team members over the same previous months with some music festivals that were happening around there and some overdoses that happened. And he just finally said, enough's enough. We have to do something. And that's all we can do in our own little world is something. So they started gathering a few people just to support each other in the road to recovery. At that point, I think Steve had, uh, I don't know how many years of sobriety because he had long history of addiction and his story in the book, Say Grace, is about the restaurant industry and the family he found in the, his restaurants as a worker, server, bartender, GM, etc. He found a family there that helped him and held him accountable to change in his life or they all knew that he would be another Ben Murray story probably. So fast forward to Ben Murray's story happening. Steve had some sobriety. Another gentleman in town at Charleston, in Charleston, uh, named Mickey Baxt, uh, had some 20 years of sobriety. Both of them had the same hearts to uh, support the local industry there. And they started a support group called Ben's Friends after Ben Murray. Uh, fast forward, I think, uh, another five years, and now there are about 15 chapters of Ben's friends around the nation from Portland and Washington out west to Ohio in the north to I think Kentucky and Tennessee maybe in the south and Atlanta, Charleston, Asheville and now Vieira, Florida. There's you know one we, we decided to get one going down here and uh, we I went and met uh, uh, Mickey and Steve up in Charleston went to one of the Ben's friends meeting back in February of 2020. And when I came back from that meeting, uh, I reached out to Buzz again and just told him, thank you so much for that book. It's led to me meeting these guys with this Ben's friends recovery group. We'd like to bring one down here to Florida. 
and start a chapter here affiliated with Hospitality Life as another resource to serve, you know, Hospitality Life's uh, tagline is serving those who serve. Mm. So Ben's Friends is another means to serving those who serve in our industry. And Buzz is like, wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. He says, you know what? And here's another faith coincidence. Uh, I'm not sure where that book came to me in the mail. Buzz is telling me the story. It came to me in the mail with no return address. I read it and I thought about you, Chris, and I gave you that book. Wow. He doesn't even know where the book came from. Uh, And he didn't know my testimony, which is another one of recovery. I have 25 years of sobriety as of June 10th uh, this year. Uh, Put uh, the drugs and alcohol away in uh, June 10th of 1996. And today, through the grace of God and a lot of support and people who love me and hold me accountable, I've got 25 years of sobriety. Buzz didn't know that. But when he read that book, he thought of me. (laughs) And he doesn't even know where the book came from because it was mailed to him with no return address. So all of that just makes my heart warm and hair stand up on end. And so... Your, your question about how is it impacting people, there is a national Zoom meeting that people from around the nation and even the world can uh, jump on one o'clock every day. Uh, Ben's Friends, Ben's Friends Hope.com. Ben's Friends Hope.com. You can get to their website and you can see a list of all the meetings in all the states and just click on the link and get their information. Matter of fact, Vieira, Florida's meeting is live on Zoom and live in person. So that's where Ben's friends kind of evolved to during the pandemic. You know, every AA, NA, any kind of support recovery group that you were going to to get to stay healthy, to get healthy, to find resources and support to stay off drugs and alcohol. And when the pandemic happened, they all shut their doors. There was no more gatherings, none, or very, very few, at least, uh, at least out in the public. So thank God for virtual virtual technology and Zoom and every other meeting online, because that's what it uh, went to. And now there's a national meeting every day at one o'clock that anybody can join anonymously or with your picture and audio, whatever you want to, you know, just check it out. And then there's a men's meeting on Wednesday night, a women's meeting on, I think, Thursday night, uh, and all the individual meetings that happen in all the different states in person. Ours is on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock and in the back private dining room at Pizza Gallery and Grill before we open. We have, uh, you know, anywhere from uh, half a dozen to a dozen people attending every week, both in person and virtually. And, uh, you know, a few, one, of our regulars had 10 years of sobriety and he relapsed during COVID. That was a tough thing for him. And uh, that quarantining, you know, just, just got the best of him, fear, anxiety, whatever, Uh, you know, stinking thinking as they call it in our, in our disease, you know, just, it can get the best of you without support. We can't do this alone. I cannot stay sober alone. I, I, I tried several times before I finally uh, reached out to getting help and doing it consistently. So 
our meetings are just a little microcosm of that. You know, there's tons of support groups that are out there. The best thing about Ben's Friends is it's not affiliated with AA, which a lot of people in our industry are jaded or turned off by. It's not affiliated with any religious organization. It's not necessarily a spiritual thing, and it's not organized to tell you when you come through the doors what you have to do to get sober. Ben's Friends is merely a group that meets and listens and supports people in the industry, like-minded, going through the same stuff. Uh, if, if you're trying to get sober in our industry and at the end of a long night's shift, when everybody goes to the bar to have a drink and then when the bar closes, they go home to do other stuff. That's our industry, you know, for a lot of people. If yeah. you're trying to get sober in that, how the heck do you get sober? Everybody's going to the bar and where am I going? <laughs> home. That's a difficult place to be. And, uh, a lot of people in our industry that are sober were told in the beginning, you need to get out of that industry. You know, you can't stay sober. You can't get sober in uh, the hospitality, food and beverage industry. There's no way. Mm. There is a way. There's plenty of ways. I just can't do it alone. And that's my opinion. And that's because doing it on my own didn't work for me. And I know thousands of other people that have the same testimony that when humbled and surrendered to a higher power and a group of people that can help me like-mindedly think better and behave better and feel better. That works. And that's what Ben's friends is all about. And, uh, thanks for giving, letting me have a platform to share that, uh, long winded answer. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, so hospitalitylife.org bensfriendshope.com and then we got Derek uh, there in the hospital that we want to uh, if you're so inclined to pray or um, think please. about him or, or whatever your reaction to that is folks please do um, well Chris man let's do this again in you know a couple months see where things are hopefully there'll be uh, Derek will be back and you know business will be good and this thing will be uh um, moving on <laughs> in some, some way. I know it'll probably be with us forever at this point in some variant, but maybe these variants will keep getting weaker and we can get back to um, focusing on some other stuff. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this um, very much. And glad you had a good trip before this all went down. Good fortuitous timing, it sounds like. Um, and uh, uh, Appreciate y'all's business. Appreciate what you're doing in the community there, both as a as a business owner and as a, uh, a you know a, um, somebody who cares enough about the community that you serve to serve them. I love that tagline, man. So thank you for all that you're doing. Well, and I appreciate your belief in this conversation. You know about our faith in the workplace, the the marketplace ministry that we call it. I. I have a couple of ministries that are disguised as restaurants, and we've had some of those conversations offline that you wanted to pursue online. Absolutely. And uh, we had this we had this Zoom call two months ago that was accidentally not recorded. And like, okay, whoops! And then we had another meeting to do, and you had 
something going on. And then we had another one set up that I had something going on. So it was like something was getting in the way of us having this conversation <laughs> online and you didn't give up on it. So thank you for that. And hopefully the recording and the online technology follows through and um, we'll keep plugging away at it. It's working this time. I can't tell you how many times I've looked in the top left corner of my screen there to make sure it says recording and I'm, I'm monitoring. I've been the whole time. I've been so cognizant of that uh, just because I think it's such an important conversation and uh, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to participate in it. So um, but I, uh, if I could, I just want to say that, you know, the COVID thing, it, it'll get behind us sooner or later. Yeah. But something else will be in front of us. So yeah. the, the recording of this first talk months ago didn't work, you know, so something else was kind of just tripping us up, getting in front of yeah. us not wanting us to do the right thing. So I'm just encouraging, you know, trying to be that ultimate encourager for people to be more open and loving and not so divisive and judgmental, you know, in relationship yeah. in your homes and in your communities and in your organizations. Uh, it's hard. It's, 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 it's simple to conceive that, but it's not easy to do. So I'm just trying to be a big encourager of that. And uh, not let the enemy get up in our stuff and frustrate us, you know, pursue, uh, you know, love and, and, uh, and what we're passionate about, whatever that is. And don't let this thing trip us up. Amen. Amen. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Good to see right. you, man. Dig that lid. Good luck. Keep texting in. Thanks for all that uh, ScheduleFly is helping us do with communicating to our team consistently. You guys are an awesome platform and the service we get from you guys is uh, there isn't any better service. So thanks for that. Very kind of you. Appreciate you. All right. Take care, you and your family. All right, man. You too. Good to see you. Very good to see you.